Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. We're going to talk about family for the next four weeks, and I'm telling you, do whatever you can. I told you to invite somebody from work, bring a, a, a family member, bring a co-worker, bring somebody. Do that next week as well, because there, there's going to be interesting topics, I think needed topics, that we're going to talk about over the next four weeks. And I want to begin at the beginning, in, in Genesis chapter 2. Are you there? Three people. Amazing. Okay, Genesis chapter 2. <laughs> Genesis chapter 2. Beginning in verse 15. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it up on the big screen as well. It says this. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to what? And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Then the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. It's not good for man to be alone. That's why I tell Mo and Ricky all the time they need to get married. Verse 19. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Out of those verses, I want to share a message or a talk with you in part one of our new series called Family Matters. And I encourage you to take notes as we did through the Holy Spirit series and through the fight series. Uh, today, I want to share a message with you that I've titled, Through It All. Through It All. And I'm hoping the next 20, 25, 30 minutes, um, God will speak to us here. I really believe that it doesn't matter what your family situation is, whether you're single, married, divorced, on your second marriage, blended family, whatever it is, God has a word for you. And I believe that God has a future for you and a hope for you. And if you're feeling hopeless today, I want to tell you there's hope in the house of God always. Amen? Come on, through it all. Let's close our eyes, bow our head, and let's ask God to bless this time. Father, we thank you. For today, we thank you for this beautiful morning. We thank you for Baptism Sunday, God. Thank you for the 80-something people that are going to get baptized today, God, that are making a decision to come to life today. And God, use it as a declaration to say, I'm alive in Jesus. The old me is gone. God, have your way in, our, in this place today. Thank you for this Kendall campus, for our 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 1 p.m. service. Tonight in our city campus at 7 p.m., God, thank you for what you're doing across the life of our church. Speak to us here today, God, as we lean into you. God, right now we pray for families. We pray for husbands and wives. God, speak to us today. God, whatever our circumstances may be, whatever our family may look like, God, we know that you want to speak to us, heal us, restore us, and that you have a hope and a future for us. God, we thank you for this amazing, amazing day. In fact, it's been an incredible weekend. Thank you that UM won and FSU lost, God. That, that is God's shining upon our weekend. In Jesus' name, all God's people say. Amen. Come on, all God's people say. Amen. Come on, can you give God one more shout of praise as loud as you can? Come on. 
Has anybody heard the news that, uh, in, I believe it's this week or next week, the, the iPhone 8 is supposedly supposed to come out? Any iPhone fans in here? You love iPhones? Android users? Those are the ones we need to pray for. But um, <laughs> not, I, I, I think a lot of us, we love iPhones. But I, I think what is pretty funny about it, have you ever seen somebody that doesn't know how to handle a smartphone? Right? One of the funniest things ever is, and this is a little mean. I probably won't share it at the 11 since he's here. But um, seeing my father trying to figure out, you know, how to use, and I, that was a little mean. That was a little mean. But I love my dad. That's my, my father. But, um, you know, it's people that can't figure out a phone. And uh, I laugh at him sometimes, but the truth is I went through it too. Have you ever gotten a brand new item and not known how to use it? Right? This iPhone 8 supposedly is going to have face recognition. Um, supposedly it has no more home button. Um, it's just going to have a whole bunch of new features. And the first few days, you're just trying to figure out how to work this machine. You're like, what, what do I do with this new item that I got, that we purchased for like $5,000? Like, it's insane, you know, the prices. <laughs> has anybody here ever had trouble trying to work a device for the first time? Yeah. Let's be honest, some of us, we still don't even know how to work the remote control of our TV. <laughs> I press every button and I, have, I, I, I give up. I just turn off the TV and I'm like, I'll, I'll watch it on my laptop. You know, like, this is, I'm done. I'm finished, right? There's some things that we have trouble because we don't know how to operate them. You know, I, I believe the same thing happens with families. I believe so many of us, we are in families. Every single human being is in a family, but a lot of us, we don't know how to handle family. Well, what do we do with family? What do we do that we're involved in a family? Maybe we lead a family. Maybe, maybe we're a husband, a father, and, and we're leading a home, and we're saying, how, how do I handle this? Maybe you just recently got married like Adam, and already he's having marriage trouble. I'm just kidding. He's awesome. But, but you're like, how do, I'm, a, I'm a new husband. How do, I, how, do I, how do I handle this? Like, what am I supposed to do when I was single by myself? I would do whatever. I got hungry. I went to Taco Bell, right? Like, I just, I just do. But now I'm part of a home, and it's, I'm no longer by myself. I now have somebody else to look after, right? And it's like, how do I handle this? Those of you who have kids, some of us we still don't, but those of you who have kids, I mean, that's a whole nother situation right there. I was reading a story about somebody who, um, brand new, they, they, they weren't sure they wanted babies, they wanted to wait for a few years, and when they got pregnant, they got pregnant with triplets. Imagine going home now with five people in the family. Like, that's next level crazy, right? But families are extremely, extremely important. And we all, to one degree or another, we all belong to a family. And so how do we handle family? You know what I really believe? I believe that families are under attack. I really believe that the family unit is the most important unit in our world. The family is it. That's why I'm telling you this next month is going to be vital. Try, don't try to miss. I mean, and this is important because family is extremely important. Much of who we are today is determined by what we went through in our families. Much of who we're going to be tomorrow is determined by what we're a part of today. Family is extremely... And if we look around the globe, right, families are under attack, right? There's, there's all kinds of things against families. Everything is against families, right? Uh, economical things against families. Social troubles against families, right? You, you see cultural wars against families. All kinds of issues are breaking out against our family. You know what the enemy wants us to do? The enemy wants us to hate our family. I know that's a strong statement, but the enemy doesn't want family, right? There's all kinds of things that are attacking our marriages, our families, our lives. We're in an all-out war against families, 
right? They say that divorce rate now is anywhere between 40 to 50% of all marriages. Almost half of all marriages end up in divorce. Don't get me wrong. I think there's some ground for divorce. Well, divorce has to happen. Right? I believe that you, you are not to be stepped on. You're not to be abused. You don't have to stay there taking that. There, there's some biblical ground for you to move on, and, and it's okay, I think, in before God's eyes. But, but most marriages, uh, we can't work it out, so we're just, we're, goodbye. So most marriages end up in divorce, and I'm, I'm trying to be as sensitive as possible because I know that some of us, we've gone through this because we've, we've had to. There was no other choice. But again, there, there is a full-on attack. You know the amount of single-parent homes that exist today? It's astronomical compared to in the past, right? How many kids are growing up in a single-parent home now? And, and, and now parents have to co-parent and try to do this together, right? The, the amount is incredible. Fatherless homes are, are astounding. And all of us have seen the consequences of fatherless homes. You know what they say? 85% of young people in prison come from fatherless homes. We, we actually, part of City Care, one of our programs is that we go into detention centers to mentor these young kids, and 85% of them come from fatherless homes. I would say almost all of them come from fatherless homes. And it's a struggle, it's, and we see the consequences of a broken family. And so if we were to look at statistics, we're like, whoa, my God, I, you know, some of us, we talk to them, we're like, I, should, I shouldn't even get married. Some of us heard, heard, heard advice like this. I heard this advice. Okay, you're going to get married, get ready. The first year is the hardest. And I'm just like, oh, okay, awesome. God bless me. And, you know, like, thank you for setting me up to win, you know. And, and so some of us can hear these numbers and, and be a little bit afraid. That's why people are running from commitment today, not wanting to commit. Well, it's just so difficult, you know, when you make it legal and on paper, it's just so difficult. So I'm going to run against it. Why? Anytime somebody gets married, it's going to end up in divorce anyway. So I'd rather just shack up with somebody and live with somebody and not commit. And this is what we choose to do. Because all these statistics and numbers are against us. And what I want to tell you, church, today is this. That the odds may be against us, but God, he's for us. We need to learn this as a church, and I want you to write this down, and this is what we're going to believe for the next four weeks. The odds may be against us. The odds may be against our families, but if God is for us, come on, who can be against us all the days of our life? I really believe that God is for you. Listen to me today. God is for your family. God loves your family more than you love your family. And I'm really believing that today we're not going to be part of another statistic. I'm really believing that we're not going to end in failure. That even if we've gone through failure, come on, we can end up in victory. Anybody believe that in this place today? Because what's important is not how you start, but how you, but how you, how you finish. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 3, it says this, verse 8, the end of a matter is better than its beginning. Maybe you had a rough start. Maybe, maybe your first marriage didn't go so well. Maybe you're in your second marriage and it going on to your third and you're like, Alex, I, the start has been bumpy. My kids are all over the place. I, I don't know what happened to my husband. I don't know what happened to my wife. Alex, I'm going through. Listen, I believe that the end can be better than the beginning. And I believe that God is on our side today. I believe that God is for you. I believe that God is on your side. Somebody in here today, you walked in hopeless. I'm here to tell you with God, there is always hope. And you can finish stronger than how you started. We see that from the beginning, family is extremely important for God. Right? Like God, God begins the Bible with family. That's, that's pretty insane. 
In fact, at the beginning of the Bible, the first sentence of the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That word God is plural. That is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God himself is a family. This is how much he's into a family unit. That's why it says it's not good that man should be alone. And so God created the heavens and the earth. And here we see now he, he has the garden of Eden. He forms the earth. He forms the skies. He does all these things. And he said, you know what I should do? I should create mankind. I should create mankind. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. He says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. Look at what he said. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. And it says, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Can I get an amen for that? <laughs> Be fruitful and increase. In other words, create family. Have family. Right? Like, I, I want you to increase in number. I want you to fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. God created family. God designed family. That's why we, we read right now what we read in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. This is what he said. It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. If you're alone today, if you're single and you're tuning out a little bit, you're like, oh, this is family. It's about marriage. It's not for me. Listen, you are a family just within yourself. You are a family. And one day you will have a family or you're a part of a family. You're still a son or a daughter. And one day you're going to be an uncle or an aunt or, or, or one day you will be a father. Listen, we all need to understand it is not good for man to be alone. Well, Alex, I'm alone because my family is a mess. My family is horrible right now. The picture of my family, this is why I'm by myself. I come to church by myself. I go home by myself because I, I can't, I'm, I'm by, it is not good for man to be alone. We're going to believe that our families are going to get fixed. We're going to believe that God has the best for our family. We're going to believe that God has hope for our family, that God wants to fix our marriage. Come on. Anybody believe that God has the best for our family? So what happens is God creates family, and from the very beginning, what happens? Dysfunction enters into the picture, right? And a lot of us can relate to this. Here God creates a family. He creates Adam and Eve, and he tells them, enjoy the garden, have an amazing time. And when Adam first sees Eve, he says, my God, you are good. My God, oh, praise God. Anybody thank God for women in here? Come on. Anytime I see my wife, I'm like, God, you're good. There's no designer or architect like you. I have my beauty queen next to me every single day. God is the absolute best. And Adam flipped out. He's like, my God, God, you are amazing, right? Maybe a couple of weeks, days, months later, what happens? Yeah. <laughs> Dysfunction. <laughs> right? They both choose sin over God. Right? Mankind always chooses sin over God. Right? The man listens to the women over God. That still happens today. <laughs> right? How many men do we listen to women over God? I've seen young men full of passion for God, serving God, and all of a sudden they meet a girl. Who's not into God? And they're like, I, I'm going to go rescue her. I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm evangelizing. I'm fishing. I'll be back. <laughs> right? Flirt to convert. That's what they call it. <laughs> right? So dysfunction enters the picture. Sin enters the picture. And so they move out of Eden and they begin a family and they have two sons, Cain and Abel. Right? And here the family now is united. You know, they grow up and they're having an amazing time probably. And all of a sudden what happens? More dysfunction more dysfunction. Two brothers 
One of them goes to war against the other. In Genesis chapter 4, look at what it says. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother and killed him. Here we see the first murder in the Bible is in a family. Insane. Dysfunction. Dysfunction. There's dysfunction all over the families in the Old Testament. Right? All of a sudden we see that the first civil war that happens in humanity is a father against a son and a son against a father. It is David against his son, the son against David. Dysfunction all over the place, right? You know why we have dysfunction? Because sin exists in our world. Because sin exists in you and I. This is what I want you to know. Write this down. Dysfunction exists not because we're difficult, but because we're sinful. Maybe you're saying, Alex, I, I, my marriage is all over the place. A Alex, I'm on the verge of divorce. I can't take my husband. He's so difficult. He's so hard-headed. You know, I can't stand this man. Or, or my wife, out of the or, or my son, my daughter. Oh, my God, they're going crazy. Oh, my God, it's so difficult. The problem is not that we're difficult. It's that we're sinful. And anytime sin comes into the picture, dysfunction is going to happen. And I wonder if we can see beyond people's sin. Today, if you want your family to make it, you need to see beyond the sin. Because what does the Bible say? That where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. Today, because of sin, there's dysfunction. And because there is a lot of sin in the earth, this is what I believe, that there is more grace of God for such a time as this. There's grace to believe for a new marriage. There's grace to believe for a new beginning. There's grace to believe for a better tomorrow. Somebody walked in hopeless. I'm here to tell you today, don't give up on your marriage. Don't call it quit just yet. Don't give up on your husband. Don't give up on your wife. There is hope for your marriage. There is grace for tomorrow. God has grace for you. Alex, listen, it is not over until God says it's over. The divorce may be finalized, it may be signed, and it may be sealed. But as long as God is in it, how many know that hope is still alive? Come on, somebody needs to let hope rise in their family and say, my kids may be all over the place, but there's hope for my family. My husband may be hard-headed, but there's hope for my husband. He may not want to know Jesus, but I'm going to believe for hope today that God can turn it around. Because with God, there's always hope. Can I get an amen. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, sometimes our families leave us feeling hopeless. But today there's hope for you and I. And I believe that you can make it through it all with the hope that God has for you. Families are extremely vital. Look what, look what people have said about family. Look at these quotes. I want you to look at these quotes of different people from different backgrounds, what they said about families. Anne Voskamp, who's an author, she said, family is a verb. It's not just what we are, it's something that we keep on actively making. I love that. Maya Angelou said, I sustain myself with the love of family. Pope John II said, the future of humanity passes by the way of the family. Princess Diana said, family is the most important thing in the world. What can you do to promote world peace? Mother Teresa says, she says, go home and love your family. How good is that? A happy family is but an early heaven. I love that one. George Bernard Shaw. As we see that family affects all of us. We're all involved in family. And so how I want to begin week one as we start talking about families. I want to talk to you about three quick things that I believe can help our family today. The first thing that we have to realize about families is this. You don't wait for greatness. You work for greatness. 
A lot of us want our families to be great. A lot of us want to have great marriages. A lot of us want to have great relationships. Can I begin by telling you, you don't wait for greatness, you work for greatness. Relationships take work. Marriages take work. A lot of us, we thought we were going to get married and it was all going to be rainbows and butterflies. Right? And then you come back from the honeymoon or in the honeymoon itself. <laughs> Who did I marry? <laughs> Relationships take work. You wake up one day and her breath doesn't smell as good as it did on the wedding night. Right? You wake up one day and he doesn't look the same as you saw that. No longer, no longer are the butterflies there. And you're like, where, where did the butterflies go? They turned back to caterpillars. This is weird. I don't know what is going on. Relationships take work. You're going to get on each other's nerves. You're gonna get on each other. Relationships will take work. Like the great lyricist Rihanna said, work, 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 okay? <laughs> We're gonna have to work if we want a great family. Great family, listen, listen, I want you to write this down. Great families don't happen on accident. Great families don't happen by accident. Can I tell you something? Okay families happen by accident. So-so families happen by accident. Average families happen by accident. If you want an amazing family, you're going to have to put some work in. If you want to be a great husband, you're going to have to put some work in. If you want to be a better son, listen, sons and daughters, this is not just for mom and dad. This is for you too. You need to be a better son. It's going to take some work. You're going to have to be a better son. It's going to take some work. Can I tell you, I really believe that some of us, we didn't have mom or dads to show us how to be a father or a mother or a husband or a wife, but I believe it's a skill that you can cultivate if you work hard enough. What happens is that we have a lazy generation or a lazy world that we live in, and you're just like, well, I don't want to work for anything. I don't want to work for this marriage. It is what it is. I'm supposed to get home. She's supposed to have a nice cooked meal for me. She's supposed to look nice for me when I get home. You forget that now both of you have full-time jobs. You forget that the world is really difficult. You forget that there's stress and anxiety. And so what you want is that you don't want to put no work in. And then you go to bed at night and you want sex, but you haven't put work in all day. <laughs> right? Is it okay to talk about that in church? Did he just say sex? <laughs> right? We need to, we need more, we need more kids ministry. So I have kids. So multiply. Right? But it takes work. Somebody say work. work. It's going to take work. You want an awesome relationship? It's going to take, you want a great family? It's going to take work. You need to make the effort. Say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait a minute. My family's all over the place. This is what I'm going to do right now. Hold on, time out, time out, time out, time out. This is what we're going to do. Little Johnny, little Susan, right? We're going to get in the car and we're going to go on a vacation. Maybe you're like, Alex, I don't have a vacation. Listen, you could do a staycation. I don't care what it is. But you need to grab your family and you need to put work in, right? The same way that we put work into things that matter, families matter. So we got to put work into our families and say, listen, I don't care where we go. If we can't go to the beach, we'll go to the lake. If I can't go to a lake I'll go to a puddle if we have to but all of us we're gonna spend some time together we're gonna put our phones down I'm the man or the woman of this house we're gonna look at each other in the face and we're gonna put in some work can I get an amen it's gonna take work in Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 he said that he put the man in the garden he told him to work it work God has given us work to do it doesn't matter if you're a single parent. It doesn't matter if you're married. It doesn't matter if you've been married for five years or 50 years. You have to continue to work. Continue to work. This is what I want you to know is that you can't change someone else, but you can change yourself. And that takes work. Oh, my God. Bendito. Este hombre no cambia. This man doesn't change. Oh, my God. What's wrong? Listen, maybe he doesn't have to change. Maybe change has to begin with you. 
Change initiates change. Maybe if you start changing, it will cause somebody else to change. I can't stand my mom and dad. Ooh, I can't stand my mom and dad. Well, maybe you need to begin to change as a son or a daughter, and you'll see a difference in mom and dad. You need to put some work in. Don't believe the lie that it can't be fixed. I want you to write that down. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lie that it won't be fixed. Don't believe the lie that you can't have a better marriage. Somebody walked in today, and you're thinking, I cannot have a better marriage. I mean to tell you, you can have the best marriage on the planet. I don't care what you've been through. I've seen people get divorced. Somebody here during forever night. Okay, a couple from our church, they were divorced for seven years. Signed, finalized. They both moved on, dating other people. And after seven years, God restored what he started. We have a God that makes all things new. I really believe this, that there's some people that are going to walk in today and you're on the verge of divorce. Can I tell you, don't give up yet. Don't believe the lie that it has to finish that way. Listen, like I said, there's some cases where you have to, and I understand that. But other of you, we're just throwing the towel. I'm here to tell you, God wants you to have a great family because God cares about your family. Number two, about relationships and family matters, write this down. Stop comparing and start appreciating. So many of us, we, we live in the comparison moment, right? Where we look around our family and we're like, oh, my family, oh, my God. I belong to the Adams family. This thing is crazy. Like, my goodness, right? And we're like, look, 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 look at the Richardsons, right? Like, they, they have it all together. Like, I wish my family could look like that. Look at the Smiths, right? Look at the McCarthys. Oh, my God. Look, at they're so lovely, right? And, we, and we, start, we start to compare our family against somebody else's, right? If I had a husband that loved me like that, if I had a husband that treated me that way, be careful because looks are deceiving. I've seen a lot of people put a nice picture in church, and when they go home, a husband's beating wives. And in front, of the, in front of church, in front of people, they look like they have the perfect marriage. Looks are deceiving. Don't fall into comparison. Know this, church, that comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. You're not enjoying your marriage. You're not enjoying your marriage because you keep comparing it to somebody else's. If I had a wife like hers... Mm-mm-mm. My wife has gained a couple pounds. She got a, she, she don't look the same, Alex. She don't look the same. Well, have you looked in the mirror, buddy? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? It's like, you know, oh, but you're comparing. If I had a wife like that, when I married my wife, she looked like a supermodel. Well, you're looking super bad right now, and I don't know how you want to have a supermodel. I mean, Right? But it's comparison. We want to compare. My family will never be like that family. Said who? Don't compare. Don't compare. The thing is, we live in the tension of ideal and real. Right? So we have a, a picture in our mind of what ideal should look like. Oh, if, I, if, I, if my family was just this way, if I never would have gotten a divorce, if, if my kids weren't so, so given into temptation, if they would stay in the home a little bit more, oh, man, if, if, if I can just fix this, if, if it can look like them, if I can have a family, can I? Surprise. Everyone has issues. Don't put your family against somebody else's because they look nice on the outside. Some people will walk in here with the biggest smile on their face, and you have no idea what just happened in the car. Driving into church, right? Getting baptized and everything, <laughs> you know. 
We're running late. I told you to grab the towels. I go to the grab. Babe, they have towels and shirts. I don't care. I told you I wanted my towel. Oh, my God, woman, you're always late. I'm always waiting for you. God, no, Lord, help me. Give me another woman. Oh, God. All right. And all of a sudden, when they walk to church, God bless you. I can't wait for baptism. Love you, baby. It's my boo. We'll worship God together. We're going to worship God together. Come on, man. You were just, you almost got a divorce in the car on the way in, right? And guess what? It happens to all of us. Me and Anna have arguments. And usually it's her fault, not mine. But I'm not saying we're just, I'm, just I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right? But, but, but start appreciating what's in your house. God can't bless what you don't appreciate. Right? You want God to bless your wife. You want God to bless your husband. Start appreciating them a little bit more. You wake up in the morning and say, with makeup or no makeup, girl, with that breath or another breath, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I just love you. Come on, you're the queen of the universe. I pre Oh, you gained a couple pounds, but I, I like it. I like it. That's, you look beautiful, baby. Come on, you're full of life. Come on, you're full of health, right? Start appreciating what you have. God can't bless what you don't appreciate. I really believe that some of us today, we need to start appreciating our family a little bit more. My kid, he's all over the place. But you know what? I thank God. He's still healthy. And I believe that God has a hope and a future for him. And I'm going to believe. And I'm going to declare good things over his life. I'm going to speak life over him. How many moms and dads do they speak nothing but negative things over their kid's life, right? I, I, over their kid's life, just, oh, my God, this kid. You know, the, you know, you know what I've heard? I've heard this. No, there, there's, there's no hope for them. Not, nobody can help them. I've heard that. When it comes to kids. No, no, he's in drugs. Like, there's no hope. There's, there's no hope. It's done. I've heard this. I, I promise you I've heard it. We're in church. I can't lie. I've heard this, all right? It's not even God can help him. I've heard that. And the truth is, right, we, we get shocked. I get shocked too. But the, the truth is, some of us, we haven't said it out loud, but we've thought it. All right, start appreciating what you have and say, you know what? Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm going to believe the best. I'm going to hope for the best. I'm going to hold on to God's word, and I'm never going to let it go. And I'm going to believe that God is going to turn it around. Even if it takes until my last dying breath, I believe that I'm going to see a change. And I'm going to start appreciating and speaking life over my situation. Some of us, we need to work a little bit more on our families. Some of us need to start appreciating a little bit more. And then last but not least, what happens with families is that we need to know this, that it's not what we have but it's what we build on. It's not what we have, but it's what we build on. What, what are you building your family on? Are, are, you, are you building it on a mountain of negativity? Are you building it on a mountain of anxiety and stress? Alex, but you don't understand, I don't have the perfect husband. Alex, you don't understand, my wife, she, nobody, she's impossible to deal with. She just nags all day. Alex, you don't understand, my kids, they're so, it's not what you have, but what are you doing with it? Right? What, are you, what are you building it on? I love this verse. And this one's going to be also like a, what are those base verses for this series? Psalm chapter 127. I want you to write this down and always remember this. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For he grants sleep to those he loves. Unless the Lord's in it, it's no good. It's no good. 
You're going to see some marriages without God, and they're going to look like they're doing amazing, and it's going to look like they have it all together. But I'm telling you something. Without God, it is impossible. Impossible. Sooner or later, something's going to happen. Sooner or later. That's why divorce rates are how they are. That's why families are how they are. We need God to build our house. I wonder today if you're, if you're building your house on God. I wonder if you're building it. Is God the center of your home? Is God the center of your marriage? Right? Like, like that's questions that I have to ask myself too. Like let's all self-analyze and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is God really in the center of this thing? Am I, is my marriage really just, is Jesus the center, the focus of this relationship? Right? For you single people and you're dating, is God the center of your relationship? It is. Yeah, Alex, it is. I mean, you sleep around all day, but, but you're, you're focusing on Jesus. And Jesus has clearly spoken what he said about that. You want to have a great future? It begins with a good beginning. You want to have a great marriage? Don't practice divorce and singleness. Right? Is Jesus the center of our relationships? Like, God, you're, you're the center of this thing. Right? God, God, my kids are the center of this thing. Alex, but my kids don't want to go to church. Listen, if they are still under the roof of your house... You have the final word. I grew up in a house where my mom and dad, I had zero excuses. Even if I had the best excuse, mom, I'm, I'm, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm sick, I'm dying. I don't care, God's going to heal you in service. We're going to church, right? Right? And so, so, so many of us are like, no, but he just, he just wanted to stay in sleeping. Little Johnny wanted to stay. Grab little Johnny, right? Slap him upside the head and say, you're going to church, right? Regardless or not, we have no idea what the Holy Spirit does in a moment like this. And hearts can be changed. Lives can be transformed. But, but what are you building it on? Write this down, church. Small changes make big differences. Maybe this week, some of us, they, I want this to be the phrase for the week. Small changes make big difference. What small change do we need to make in our life today? What small change do we need to make in our marriage? What small change do we need to make in our family? You know what it is? Maybe it's this. Hey, guess what? Everybody, at 7 p.m., we're all going to be home, and we're going to all eat at the dinner table. You, you know what I think that's gone in today's culture? Nobody eats together anymore. Everybody's doing their own thing. Mom, just give me some pizza rolls. I'm on the way out, right? And they're on their phones. Nobody looks at each other. And, and oh, I'll just grab something to eat, honey, on the way home. And when you get home, I got work to do. I'll be in the office all night. How about we all sit at the dinner table? We're all going to put our phones down. Small changes lead to big differences. It's going to take some work. But work, it takes work to be great. It's going to take some effort. Hey, next Sunday, we're all going to church. Mom, but I don't We're all going to church. Small change. Hey, you know what we're doing tonight? You know, I, I, my parents used to do this once a week. They used to grab us and say, hey, Monday night, we're going to have a little Bible study together. Right? I was 10, 12 years old. The last thing I wanted was Bible study. Right? Like, oh, my God. I'm playing Nintendo 64, Mom. Right? Right? I was playing GoldenEye. If you knew about that, it was the best game ever. Right? No, no, no. We're going to gather together. My dad used to bring out a Bible. My dad had a big old Bible. Right? <laughs> Hey, we're going to read this. What do you think about this? What do you think about this? What do you think the Bible says? Hey, we're going to pray. And they used to lay hands on us and pray over us. And as much as I hated it then, it made a big change in my life now. Small changes make big differences. I'll finish with this. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the, on the 
on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew against it. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, beat against the house. And it fell with a great crash. I wonder this morning what we're building our family on. Are we building it upon the rock or are we building it on the sand? Let me tell you that if you put, build it on the rock, your marriage is going to be stronger, your family is going to be greater, and you will make it through it all. It will rain on your marriage, the wind will blow on your relationships, it will rain on your family, but when you built it on the rock, oh, the rain could come down, the wind could blow, but this marriage and this house is founded on the rock that is Jesus. And if God is for me, come on, who can be against us all the days of my life? I'm going to believe for a great marriage, I'm going to believe for a greater future, God is on my side. I'm going to make it through it all because my hope is on the rock that is Jesus. Come on, can you give God a big hand? Let's get up on your feet. Let's stand up on our feet. With every eye closed and every head bowed. We're just in time. I don't want nobody to move. With every eye closed, every head bowed. Maybe you're in here today and you say, Alex, I, my family is nowhere near what I think is ideal. You're dealing with the real. And you say, my real picture right now, it's tough. If you have your husband or your wife by your side, I want you to grab their hands, put your hands around them. If you have your son, your daughter, come on, we're going to pray for marriages. We're going to pray for relationships. This is the beginning. At the outset of the month of September, we're to believe for the best. If you're single, hold on to Jesus right now. <laughs> come on, I believe God has a better future for you. I believe that God has a hope for your marriage. It doesn't matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter what you've been through. With God, there is always hope. Come on, with every eye closed, every head about. God, we thank you right now. We thank you that you love our families. God, you love our families more than we love them. God, you care for our families. God, we believe that you want the best for our families. Right now in this moment, God, we come on, just begin to declare blessings over your wife, over your husband, even if they're not here. Just, just begin to bless them and say, God, I, I, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do small changes. I'm, I'm going to work toward a better marriage. I'm going to work to be a better mother, better father. I'm going to work to be a better son, a better daughter, God. In Jesus' name, we, we bless every marriage here today, God. We pray that you may rain down blessings, God. It may be tough right now. It may be difficult right now. God, what I'm going through may be hard, God, but I believe that you're for me, God. God, the odds may be against me, but God, if you're for me, there's always hope. Father, bless every marriage in this place right now. Bless every home. God, we realize that a good marriage and a good home, it all begins first with a relationship with God. It begins with a relationship with Jesus. With every eye closed and every head bowed, if you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, I, that's me. I don't have a relationship with God. I came today for the first time, second time, or maybe you've been coming for a little bit and you say, Alex, I'm far from God. I don't know this God that you're talking about. I, I've done whatever I wanted to do in my marriage. I, I've done whatever as a husband, as a wife, as a son, as a daughter. And the truth is I don't have a relationship with God. The Bible says that all of us are sinners. You and I were sinners. We've sinned against God. I'm a sinner. I've sinned against God. I've offended God. And so have you. The Bible says that we've fallen short of his standard. We've done wrong, thought wrong, did wrong. Today, all of us, the Bible says that sin separates us from God. Because of sin, we can't have the right relationship with God. 
You want a right relationship in your marriage? It begins with a right relationship with God. All over this place today, while every eye is closed, every head is bowed for privacy and concentration. If you're here and you say, Alex, I want a relationship with God. I know I've done wrong. I've done things that nobody knows about. Listen, there's people here that you're in the middle of an affair and today God is telling you to stop. There's some people here today that you're in the middle, you're, you're about to take the next step and make a wrong move and God is telling you, stop right now, stop. I got hope for you. I got a future for you. I got a plan for you. I want to bless your life. I want to bless your marriage. I want to bless your family. It begins with a relationship with God. The Bible says that God loved us so much. He knows everything about us and he, he loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus. Jesus came. He grabbed my sin, your sin, all of our flaws, our failures, our faults, past, present, and future. He went up on the cross and he died for our sins. The Bible says he died on the cross. He went into the grave. He was three days in the grave and after three days he resurrected jesus is alive today he's the hope that you've been looking for he's the answer you've been looking for he's the peace that you've been looking for today he wants to give you a brand new clean slate a brand new beginning this is what we're celebrating today new life a brand new beginning with every eye closed i'm going to count to three i believe hands are going to go up across this auditorium i'm not going to embarrass you i'm not going to single you out but today if you're saying alex i need a relationship with god i want you to raise your hand i'm just going to see you and then you can put it right back down if that's you if you're saying today alex i need a new beginning at the count of three you raise your hand one two three raise your hand all over this place raise it as high as you can awesome 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 anybody else amazing 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 awesome god bless you 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 anybody else you raise your hand wherever you're at come on anybody else you want to join in those of you who raise your hand i'm going to say a simple prayer i want the whole church to repeat this prayer with me i believe that god is here and he's going to give you a brand new beginning right now he's going to come into your heart and give you a brand new start repeat this out loud with me say father thank you for today thank you for this opportunity i admit that i'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you jesus come into my life be my lord and be my savior from today on i'm forgiven i'm saved and i'm healed in jesus name amen and amen come on church can we give him a big big hand come on we hope today's message has encouraged you. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel or visit us at calvaryconnect.com for more information. Till next time.